Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast, so please make sure you've seen the movies that we're talking about before you listen. I'm one of your hosts today, Rye. And I'm your other host, Chris. And welcome to the Genetic Opera. So we have some really special people on this episode today, and I want y'all to take your time and introduce yourselves. So someone go first. Don't everybody jump in all at once. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Liv Mamone. I'm a poet, novelist, and editor from Long Island, New York. It's great to be here. Hi, I'm I'm Layla Zerbian. My job description doesn't really fit for this theme. Just a very avid fan. Happy to be here. Excellent. I'm Wynn Klein. I'm a... Theater artists in Brooklyn. <laughs> and we're all part of a cult. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, good morning. Oh, good lord. So today. That's a totally different cult. So today and for the next couple of episodes, we are talking about the musical stylings of Darren Lynn Belsman, a.k.a. anything that he's done musically with the good old Terrence Dunich and sorry. AKA anything that Saw Money helped create. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by Saw. Brought to you by Saw. (laughs) So we're kicking all of this off with a lovely little cult classic from 2008 called Repo, the genetic fucking opera. And baby Ryan is dying inside. I am happening. <laughs> yeah, all the 18-year-olds inside all of us are like, oh my god, if only we knew. If only we knew what was going to happen when we saw this ridiculous movie. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> None of us were prepared. No. None of us were prepared, especially because um, when <laughs> Layla, Liv, and I have all met Grave Robber. Multiple <laughs> person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the production of... team weirdly at this point exactly and it's yeah. why i leave my body every time i see him in person <laughs> so this is a very surreal moment no we were talking I'm about this a little bit off mic because it was like like this is one of all of our favorite movies right and was like since way before we actually like got involved in hanging out together and like all being part of the fandom and so like you're watching the movie and you're watching this this guy with this beautiful voice singing and it's like yeah you kind of know him now like he sent you a dm on your birthday no big deal right (laughs) right exactly (laughs) i mean just comparing watching repo the genetic opera the first time i saw it compared to watching it now there are things that like i live and i started talking about this off mic that are vaguely Trumpian that kind of scare me but other than that you know it's still just like this beautiful like kitschy musical that has all of these wonderful homages to like 70s and 80s horror movies that you can catch and that just make this so much better and I do think aid in helping it become a cult classic but I, I I was listening to the audio commentary with both Darren's and Terrence and they were a lot of the commentary that they were talking about was all of these people that were saying you're gonna get laughed at this movie should not be made 
Like, joke's on you guys. Look what <laughs> fucking happened. <laughs> That's so true. As, like, a, a musical theater person, I wanted to, like, just, like, drag it. And I can't because I when we when I just recently watched it, I wanted to be like, okay, as Liv always says, it's trash, but it's my trash. <laughs> but see, I don't actually feel it's that not way trash. About Repo. I've I've brought that up about okay, that's what I basically say about the 2004 Phantom of the Opera movie, which was which I watched every day from the ages of 14 to 18. That's trash, but it's my trash. Like it's it's like generally a bad movie. I I don't know if I've just lost all objectivity about this film because I'm it's so much a huge part of my life, but I genuinely like don't think this is a bad movie. Like like on its worst it's not. day, I say it's better than it has any right to be because if you look at all the elements on paper together, you're like what the fuck is this? Can we curse on this podcast? Yes. I mean, I, oh god, yeah. I, so it's like a sailor. Go right the fuck ahead. <laughs> okay. So like well, watching on... you go ahead, Wen. It's fine. Oh, thank you, dear. Yeah. So watching it for like after the all the crap that it has done for like in our lives and stuff, I was ready to drag it. And then I was watching it and I was like, there is so much classical opera, classical tragedy, homages to other really important um, musical theater pieces. Like it really it's they did their research and it really stands up as a musical and it's just beautiful yeah agreed you want to be able to drag it and you and you just you want to be able for it to be a terrible movie like this is the difference i think between repo and rocky the the rocky horror picture show which is obviously it's like closest predecessor i think rocky is just genuinely a terrible movie like like you know like, oh. It's, oh, it's, thank you it's oh my great. god it's great. It's a great time if you go out and you get dressed up and you do the whole thing. It's a great time. But like my best girlfriend watched it alone in her house and kept texting me like, what? This is horrible. And I'm like, no, it's awful. It's, it's genuinely <laughs> awful. I don't think that's true of, of Repo at all. I think it really has. And you guys can speak better to like how the references to other things, the references to opera and the references to horror films, because I don't know anything about that stuff, which is so cool. But like, I think it has a real emotional core to it, which is based in Anthony Head and Alexa Vega's performances, which I'll, I promise not to make this a podcast about how much I love Anthony Head. I, I promise I will really <laughs> not to do that. Uh, Why not? <laughs> just in case he's listening, Tony, I love you. <laughs> but, like, it's going to take everything I have not to tweet him and his partner the link to this podcast when, when it's over but yeah no i think that um the acting and and the characters really really give an emotional core to it which does not exist in um in other movies like it so that's yeah you want to be able to drag it but you have you can't i don't think you can't and i but agree with everything expect it to be just sort of oh it's just murder or it's it's just like musical nonsense but I guess what the weird thing is because they purposely took so many different types of styles that it can't even really be put necessarily into one genre. Like, you know, it's horror, but it's also just about, you know, like a father and daughter relationship, but it's also like, what is the inheritance for this huge company? And they, and it's very, they do put a lot of operatic elements to it as well. Just so many different types of like there's like archetypes that they'll do for each of the characters like one represents wrath one represents greed 
want lust with Poppy. No shit about that. <laughs> so it, it just has so much complexity to it. Even just the casting alone. I usually don't even tell people the movie's about. I just tell them who is in it. Because I'm like, listen. Yeah, me too. You have, you know, Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The famous opera singer Sarah Brightman. You have a gangster from Goodfellas. And you have Paris Hilton. And somehow this all works. Oh, and, and the kid from Spy and the kid from Spy Kids. True. It's such an eclectic mix, but it works beautifully. That's always my shtick on how to get people to watch it, too. It's like, you just, you don't even tell them what it's about. You just go, it's a horror musical and it stars these people. And usually people are just like, all right, that sounds weird and great and all. And that was actually how I came to watch it like me and my best friend saw like a poster for it in new york city because that was like one of the two cities in the world where it got it's got got a theatrical release and we saw the cast list and we're just like cool and this is made by the guy who made saw we have to see this movie we absolutely have to see this movie because we were both saw freaks and also musical theater freaks so we saw darren lynn bowsman and sarah brightman on the same bill and we're just like cool what the fuck and you know that's how this all got started for me anyway so yeah layla totally agree with you on that well that's exactly what happened to me when i saw it the first time i think anything to do with repo came into my life um not shockingly enough baby ryan was watching uh makeup tutorials on youtube <laughs> And heard the soundtrack of Repo in the background. And then I found it. Um, watched it, not very legally. Which I'm not gonna uh, go to get into. And then proceeded to buy the DVD, so I supported it. Thank you very much. They have um, saved our money already, it's fine. Yeah, it's they fine. a lot of our money. Um, <laughs> but I, I sort of had the same reaction as, as Liv. I love Saw. Um, we've already done... Uh, we've already done a deep dive into the entire Saw franchise, so go back and listen to that. Uh, but I was like, I was just, I think I was just more curious as to how this was going to work. And I think watching it now, the biggest thing that I feel um, kind of bad about is we also did an episode on uh, House of Wax where I ripped Paris Hilton to shreds because she's I not good in that this. I definitely can. I can definitely. Um, I really wanted to bring this up because, but among Repo fans, the Paris Hilton thing is like a hot subject. And I wanted to say that I've, I actually really respect her. And I think a lot of fans agree with me yeah, when you, yeah, yeah, when you watch, um, when you watch uh, uh, backstage stuff with them talking about Paris Hilton, the casting people like Darren and a couple other guys were blown away by her audition, her performance. She also donated money to the, the film. She donated and clothes. Costumes. Yep. And costumes. And I honestly think her performance is one of the best in the movie, even though there's a million ones. Well, that's, and that's kind of what I was gonna, that, that was kind of my point was that I ripped her to shreds for house of wax because it, it, it it's not good, but, and that's just on top of the fact that the movie itself is not great, but uh, re-watching this now and doing exactly that, watching, like, listening to the rest of the cast and the crew talk about her and her performance and the whole process and what was involved getting her into this movie, she, I look at her in a totally different light than I did. She's a I genius mean, because she makes people think that she's, like, dumb, but then she's yeah, actually She's just, so like, smart. Yeah, she's how you make smart. money in Hollywood. 
She's one of those, the many women in Hollywood where it's like, I want to apologize. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a video from San Diego Comic-Con on the, uh, the 2008 panel for the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paris Hilton was on it. And uh, I think it was uh, Darren Smith who was talking about ex- his experiences. Or no, I'm sorry. It was either Darren Smith or... Uh, or no, it was Darren Lindbergh. It was the other I'm one. Sorry. Yeah, it was Dar- the other Darren. So they, <laughs> he, he was talking about how they found uh, Paris Hilton and how she entered the role. And uh, somehow she got the script. Um, she went o- head over heels in love with it. Uh, and she submitted her name. And um, um, at first, like even uh, Bozeman uh, fell into that trap of thinking where I was like, Paris Hilton, like, no, that, that, that no, are, are you serious? Um, but then as that fact couldn't escape his mind uh and the more he thought about it i was like well this movie this is like this sci-fi goth rocket musical opera and it's really weird um and it's left field so casting paris hilton that's like the choice people would least expect so let's what why why, it wouldn't hurt let's let's bring her in and then paris hilton just walks in like a boss like dropping like such class and eloquence and like this this amazing smart perspective uh into what she thought uh her character or her, her role could be and they were really impressed and i was like okay let's uh let's give her let's give her a, a addition so she had uh one day to, uh to learn this entire song and routine she comes in um i think uh i think she she she, she was dressing the as the part um she was surrounded all instead by all the uh, all the muscly dudes and bdsm um the she, the... I mean, <laughs> two dudes yes um like her her uh escorts um uh, and she absolutely blew the sound audition out of the water and then that was history and then like when was saying like she was exceedingly passionate about this project yeah. um even they though she wasn't credited like a... Sorry, Chris. They all seem to have like a real connection with each other. Because if you watch the interview with her and Sarah Brightman, they mm-hmm. all seem to really love each other and have respect for each other. That's such mm-hmm. a great interview. Yeah, I've watched that a bunch of times. Definitely, it's like together. It's like a so there's such a close knit family, and and it just the passion just really comes through. And that's what this movie is. Uh, deep down, it's just a, a giant passion project, which on paper. Like e- even like the directors and the creators mentioned themselves. Like, there's no way this movie should have could have been made, but like it, they made it happen. It's 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 so it's so inspiring to to see that. Well, considering there is still shadow cast in existence today, clearly it did need to be made made because there's so many people that connect with it even 12 years later. True that. Yeah, it definitely absolutely needed to be made because what i find really interesting is like we're all obviously huge fans and i've seen the movie thousands of times probably at this point and i always see something new about it whenever i watch it like there are still things that i haven't noticed in like my thousands of of viewings literally the the last time i watched it before watching it this morning for for the podcast i only just noticed that um in that scene where the repo man is repossessing that guy's spine and the guy is like screaming and, and wailing and pleading for his life, uh, Anthony Head does this amazing thing where he goes, Shh, right? Oh, yeah. Snaps the guy's neck. I had never noticed that and I cracked up laughing so hard. And it's like, 
I've seen this movie hundreds and hundreds of times to the point where I like thought I knew every frame, but there's always something that you can kind of pick up and go, oh, wow, I, I never noticed that before. And I think that Absolutely. It has so much replay value. And in that way, I feel like it's symphonic. Um, the music is really beautiful. It does. That's how I feel about Labus is I can listen to it over and over and find something new. And for this, what seems like a goofy, like bloody, like not significant movie, it actually has so much depth musically and in terms of the plot. I want to hear. Not when... depth... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, Layla. Yeah, no, I was just like, this is not a depth thing, but going back to what you were saying, Liv, about uh, noticing something new, I just watched it this afternoon right before the recording, and right before 17, I found myself entirely distracted by a blue wig in the background, because there are so many times where they're like, oh, you know, Shiloh, you have your mother's hair, even though she's clearly just wearing a wig because Nathan's so obsessed with her looking like her mother. But all I could think of was looking at this wig thinking, how much more different would have this movie ended up if you see this blue-haired girl running around graveyards and, like, suddenly she would seem way more punk as opposed to just looking very demure? <laughs> I have a whole, like, fan fiction-y thing about the blue wig. Can I just go off on this, like, because, like, yeah. Because Layla and I have both written uh, repo fan fiction. So Layla and I are going to be the fan fiction corner of like stuff that we just made up for the sake of the plot. I think that Nathan hates that wig. Like, I think that that's like Shiloh's petty, like trying to be mad at her dad wig. Like she just walks around the house in it just, just when she wants to piss him off because he wants her to look so much like her mother. And that punk rock wig is like a concession. Like, okay, fine. You can have this. Cause I, that's me and my parents with my hair. My parents are like, all right, fine. You can dye it purple. Like they get so angry. So Did I we mention that Liv it. kind of lives in though? Like her whole life is like, it's like someone was spying on her and they're like, now we're going to write about Liv. But like, Oh, the movie's about me. Let's not even, yeah, the movie is completely about me to the point where, like, some of you have met my dad. Tell me that my dad doesn't look like Nathan. Some of you have met him. It's it's a real thing. My house even looks like that house, like my friends will tell you. Victorian. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, the movie's actually about me. Shh, tell, tell I actually want to bring it more to you because I was talking, there, first of all, there was other revelations like I saw today, like the we made, me and Gabe were watching it together, my partner, and we made a joke about the coronavirus in the beginning and like it's there's so many relevant things in it, but I want to bring it to Liv because one of the things I really noticed about Shiloh is that it really appeals to disabled people. And I wanted to know what Liv um, thinks about that. Oh, don't open this door when it's- I want to. You already wanted to open the door. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings. And hopefully if you guys invite me back after you're not like, shut the fuck up. Oh my God, please. (laughs) If you invite me back for the Devil's Carnival episodes, this actually does, if you look carefully- span um the the whole kind of oeuvre of of terence dunich and i actually spoke to him about this and he has absolutely no idea that he's done this which is even better like that's crazy this is a theme in his work and it's totally not intentional i brought it up to him so well i love it because it makes the fandom so welcoming i love that um disabled people feel comfortable in this fandom and more than comfortable they feel like a a part of it because they are (laughs) 
Yeah, it. I, I mean, if only you know the guys could get enough money to actually play accessible spaces, that would be a plus. But, but that's a money thing. We're not going to go into it. The more people who follow them, the more people who buy their CDs for American Murder Song and go to their concerts, they can actually afford all this stuff exactly, later on. Exactly. Exactly. That um, the one time they ever played a, a venue with a ramp was the time that I couldn't be there, and they were they were like really really Trenton. They were so mad. Anyway, that's getting into all like like in deep fan stuff for their other projects. But yeah, no. Um, this let's get out of cult stuff and go back. Yeah, for two seconds. Let's get to actual people who maybe only watch this movie once and are like, "What are all these bitches talking about?" <laughs> so, um, so yeah, no. It is actually, um, if you look at it, it really is the the coming of age of a of a of disabled, you know, chronically ill young woman. And um, a, a couple of disabled people that I've spoken to have said that it's kind of a a little bit not fair because it all turns out to be fake in the end and it turns out right. that she wasn't really sick and but that's my problem with witcher too but like also she was drugged for 17 years with a highly addictive substance she's gonna have a chronic illness for the rest of her life like it's I don't very think... gypsy rose blanchard don't you yeah, think yeah it is it really it's very 100%. much as a and it's like, I, I never, like, really see it as, like, okay, Shiloh's going to be normal now at the end of that musical. I'm like, no, Shiloh's going to need intensive therapy that she is not going to get. She's going to go home and take a massive drug withdrawal that's gone on for years. Like, to me, Shiloh is and will always be chronically ill as a result of what was done to her. And you can kind of, like, stretch it, obviously, to other characters in the musical. Obviously, we have Blind Mag, who's a really plot. We have, like... If you're willing to to be of the line of thought that drug addiction is a disability, you have um, Amber Sweet who's struggling with her disability, and all these women, they come out in positions of power, however that looks to them. You know, Mag takes back her life; she re-disables herself, like she's been given the power to see by this this corrupt regime, and she actually like re-disables her own body in order to get her power back. Um, Because it turns out the so-called fix was actually the real. That was the crutch because it imprisoned her. Exactly, exactly. So I really feel that, like, um, you know, obviously Amber winds up taking control of the whole company in the last scene. You know, she's the one. Wouldn't you die for, like, a second one where Amber versus Shiloh and then Shiloh, like, wins? Literally, that's the only reason I ever wanted a sequel. I like I I was never one of those people who was like, oh my god, we need the sequels. Where's the money for the sequels? But like the only thing I ever really wanted to sequel was like I want to see a full two hours of Amber just absolutely running shit, fucking Rihanna style, like really just that's <laughs> all I that, want. Honestly, sequel. I never wanted to see a sequel because most of my favorite characters were gone. <laughs> And exactly. I was like, it would just be, I don't want to have That's to deal with the starting shit. Okay, yeah, well now, hold, hold on, wait, 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 to Liv's point, I do want to say something. So Liv just made an amazing fucking point about all these people re-abling themselves and taking the power back. However, there is a fan theory out there, and it could be bullshit, and this could piss a lot of people off, but I've done that before, so it's fine. At the end of the movie, Grave Robber is addressing the audience and he's holding Street Zydrate in his hand. There is a theory that that is Shiloh that's going after the Street Zydrate now because she might be free from whatever her father did to her, but she's left. But she didn't, like, kick the habit. She kicked the habit for that one moment. Like, she's still... 
under that crutch of oh, really? she needs you guys, I rewatched that scene and it definitely is not her but i wouldn't be surprised if that eventually happens yeah like no, in I the, agree. the original the original scenes that they were going to do with this story was you know when roddy has her come to jinko she was supposed to accomplish a series of tasks before getting the honor of getting her cure and one and unfortunately she actually believes that zydrate was the cure she misunderstood so she's asking the grave robber for some z he unfortunately amber has cleaned him out and she has to take it from a body and unfortunately she takes it from the body and it's her mother's corpse needle, yeah, needle. Oh, yeah. oh yeah well, I, I don't know why they keep cutting out anytime Terrence Adunich does a duet with a girl. They're always the best song and they're never in any of the movies. But it's too sorry. sexy. It's too sexy. Too much. But yeah, so so back to the point is it's entirely likely she will fall back to it because she doesn't have education. She's in this big house. Who knows if the mortgage has been paid off? Like she's going to become destitute. You guys blow my mind. I swear, I would have never thought that she would still be chronically ill after it. And it makes so much sense. The same with Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She got all her teeth fell out from like um her mom, her mom giving her medicine. So she wears dentures now, and she's like twenty one. Sucks. Yeah, no, I definitely, to Layla's point, always believed that. Like, because again, fan fiction writer brain, you're always like, oh, okay, what happens after and. That was always my thing. It was like, what's this poor girl going to do? Like, she leaves that building covered in her dad's blood. Like, what is she actually even going to do in the middle? Isn't she on the deed? Like, didn't Roddy write her in, though? Like, she can he fight in the paper. He never signed the paper. Oh, fuck. That's why Amber was just like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to jump in and, and take charge of this shit. That bitch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I always kind of like... I always assumed that Shiloh, I, I love that he's like, I'm going to give my company to you. And, and Shiloh's like, I don't want your, what? You want me to kill my father for the sake of something I didn't ask for and don't want and is not what you promised. Like, it's such a weird, I want to know what Roddy's line of thinking is. Like, I'm going to leave this. It was to spite his children, 100%. Because yeah. at first so I thought. Weird. I thought he was doing it to be empathetic because Shiloh would be a good leader. Like she absolutely would. She's um like she's smart. She investigates stuff. She stands up for herself. Like I think the only hope for that such dismal post apocalyptic world is if Shiloh runs it. I don't yeah, want Shiloh to run it. I want seventeen year old in charge of a company yeah, I know. who only knows like astronomy and uh, what is I can't remember good the bugs. word for the study of it's bugs. 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 Like, okay, you prove it. that's a good one. point. But, but I feel like she needs to like take it in the future, but, maybe then like. But if she ever took the company, she would have been murdered within the twenty four hours by either yeah. of those three children. Oh yeah. Well, then maybe. how did Grave Robber get the deed at the end? <gasps> Grave Robert does have the deed at the end. He's showing it to us at the All end. Don't they have to fall back on the previous will and testament, the one that the last one that has ever been signed would come into effect? We have no idea what Roddy decided to do though. Because Count on so, Layla to bring up the legality of Roddy's deed. No, 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 no. So 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 okay, so here's the thing. So, first of all, whoever decided to give Roddy three children, like, it, like we're just going to step that aside for, like, a hot minute because we that never gets brought into her. it. 
You probably think, like, did. Yeah. Like you gave me two sons and a daughter. Great. Now you can fuck off. It's probably one of those dead bodies that's just piled up in the cemetery. So, <laughs> so Roddy falls in love with Shiloh's mom. And he does make it a point at the end of saying, like, if your mother and I were still together, you would be my child. Mm. Yeah, but then you wouldn't mm. exist because you'd be different. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It would be a different yeah. person. So that's why I'm like, mm, that's not quite correct, but sure. Okay, whatever. He's a serial killer and a sociopath. Well, yeah. But also, I, I think what he sees in Shiloh is this tenacity and this will to live and the fact that she's curious and smart. And Roddy might see some of his narcissism, narcissistic self in Shiloh, which is why he's like, I'm going to leave it all to this kid after I get her to kill her father and completely isolate the shit out of her. So she only relies on me, which is a control, which is a control structure for him. Like he did this with Blind Mag. He gave her sight back, but was like, JK, you now belong to Co. Like you have a lifetime contract. What you a beautiful metaphor have- for capitalism. Like, so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> so, it really is. you know. Now, again, like, I don't think that Darren or Terrence really, like, that was what they were going to do. They they set out to make one project, but it turns out they made something that was uber fucking relevant to the rest of our it's lives. We had no idea. I would, I would provide a counterpoint. Like, I think if that was totally intentional because he's drawing a lot of, like tropes of like dystopias post apoc sci-fi i mean they they i mean the the comparison doesn't do the movie justice but he described it as blade runner meets rocky horror and like blade runner all those all those themes of like corruption and like um uh nepotism and it's just like abuse and like drugs all that it's, it's all in there it's all it's it's a really rich tapestry in, in particular with uh dystopic sci-fi so i think it's completely intentional i've been following this fandom for like a decade and you all are blowing my fucking mind right now. <laughs> oh, oh wait wait for it to be blown further because there actually is a lot of truth to that because i so being the nerd i am i once came across a libretto of act one of the original play and there is a moment where nathan approaches roddy saying like and okay so at this point in original versions mag was not part of jinko she was just the godmother of shiloh but she's also cannot afford her eyes anymore so he goes to roddy and says hey listen you know there's a woman she's a good friend of my daughter is there any way you can make an exception to her to her delinquency on payments and he Roddy rejects and he's like, you know, if I make exceptions for for one person, where will it end? And there was a whole segment of it just talking about kind of basically the capitalist nature of it. For him, it's just a business. It was not a revenge story at this point. He was only a villain in the view of a businessman and nothing more. Wow. Marry me. Oh my God. Leave me to that libretto after the show, because wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a something different for in the context of this particular conversation. If we don't talk about the stage play, <laughs> I will also throw in the fact that there, that I, I believe in the stage play that there's a Grilo thing, like Grave Robber like breaks into her, like there's a some sort of romance between them, even though like he's the creepy older guy at the high school. 
Oh, he straight up was trying to flirt with her, even in the movie, because Terrence totally ships them. Yeah. And he mentions that during 21st Century Cure, the reason he even gets up and screams, Graves! He wanted to impress the random girl he just came across. That's how he thinks he's gonna do it, too, though. It's like, let's put our lives in danger, and you can just see Shiloh like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're all gonna die. What's happening? I love it. I love my dumpster dream boy. He's so cute. He's so good. Here's the thing. When I when I was younger and I watched this the first time when he does that and they have to find a place to hide together, I'm in the back of my demented brain. I'm like, so one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to get freaky with a bunch of dead bodies surrounding them or they're going to get caught. One of them is going to die. But more but moreover from that, there is a quick shot when they first break into that like dead body pile and Grave Robert just goes jackpot. There's like a pile of dead bodies being dropped through the hole in the ceiling. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, really? Because I yeah, just no I love that part. It was so yeah. good. It's so it's, it's so. Right, if you just look real quick, there's just a bunch of bodies just being dropped. Into I love that giant part room. too. It's so good, and you know, I think that Grilo could be um actually a healthy relationship if both of them were perhaps a little bit older like and one of them is legal like she's 17 can we at least make her well you know what i think that's that's why they didn't stress it in the movie like they changed that because they're like "Eh, that's insensitive we want to we want to be genuine and not objectify shiloh which i think they do a good job of not doing that you would really like hope. he takes I mean, care yeah. of her in in a not creepy way. Like he helps her. He apologizes for like abandoning her in the graveyard. He gets her out of the situation that she's in, and he can like be a guide for her while she tries to navigate this next stage that we don't get to see, but we can imagine. But I'm all for it when she's 18. Like that, it's your fucking business. I don't care. They you there's a line that is tread especially when it comes to stuff like this and in horror movies that i feel like not in this one but in a lot of other horror movies you see them don't even step over that line just jump over it or throw or throw everything over it and i'm glad that they don't go there with this because it really it would really just put like a whole stain on the story yeah it really would it really would shiloh doesn't need any more old men telling her what to do quite frankly could we just like really I, you know, Real talk. Kind of, I always wanted, um, kind of Amber to take that role though. If we're if we're talking about like whatever the next stage is gonna look like, I feel like Amber. I want Amber to come to Shiloh and be like, okay, look, this is what my dad wanted to do. This is what I want to be the one in control. Like, just like let me. Run you have to watch out it. with her though, because she is very much Roddy Largo's. Um, daughter she's very much vain and she's always like she's super focused on like capitalism and business and power she's very much like like a beautiful twisted goth transformer of paris hilton now she's she's just as manipulative as as him though so when she comes in from that from the botched surgery um she is complaining about how she doesn't like the way she looks and Roddy thinks it's because she's just not sat her normal, not satisfied moment or version of herself. But she actually got 
completely botched. Yeah. And he says, I'll have one of my surgeons fix you up before tonight so you can perform. And she goes, thanks, daddy, and skips off stage. She's I love that part. She is just as manipulative as him. So she is very much like Roddy personified. She's a fucking snake in the grass. I would not so want Shiloh to get anywhere near her. She can... Exactly. That's why yeah. I don't want Shiloh to get anywhere near her. <laughs> yeah, but I want Shiloh to defeat her. Brains to it. But she does have brains. I mean, even the fact that, you know, she started that whole, like the, like the help for Zydrate addicts. Like, I think Roddy did really want her to be a smarter person like or at least not smart but a healthier person because i think he didn't want to leave it to her initially he was willing to trust her with parts of the company if roddy has love for anyone but himself it would be amber a hundred percent he hates his other two kids yeah yeah amber's but daddy, also, daddy's like, little girl daddy's little girl daddy's little girl yep that's what it is daddy <laughs> No win, wrong no, podcast. Win, this wrong is not Left for Dread After Dark. Shout out people. to my bitches in AMS. Daddy! <laughs> this is this is not Left for Dread After Dark. We're not going there. <laughs> we should actually talk about okay. like, some stuff that happens in the movie, though, because we're, like, fan-fictioning out for, like, okay, a well, movie that never got made. Okay, well, here's something funny. As you guys were talking about, you know, power of all the women in this movie, I just realized that two of their three movies are actually films that pass the the Bechdel test, or however you yeah, pronounce it. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 It's really weird. You wouldn't expect it from this movie that has like the sexy genters giving blowjobs and stuff like that. Oh my but god! This movie I just... does pass that test quite easily. Speaking of the genters, me and again Gabe were we're like, wait. They're sort of like strippers who have to pay off their student loans because they all have medical knowledge. I kind of love that, though. It's like, yeah, what if we hired our doctors not only based on how smart they were, but, like, like what they looked like? You, they would, the you know what's funny? The stereotype would cease to exist. They, like, don't, they probably didn't look like that when they, were, when they started. They're just good at surgery. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 No, it actually, I'm glad, Layla, you brought that up because it does pass the, it passes the Bechtel, I think, like, twice or three times, too. Like, it doesn't actually just pass it with one scene. It passes it a couple of different ways which is which is cool which i actually yeah i did a watch actually just track that and see if it did because i was totally expecting it not to but the whole chase the morning just entirely Ugh. passes the bechdel test they're just talking about 100%. marnie the whole time beautiful i love that that's scene actually so darren darren smith's wife is the voice of dead marnie oh wow really cool mm-hmm. you can also find stage play people in it um i believe a, original shiloh is one of roddy's guards and i believe um there's like there's other like gen turns and small parts um from the original stage play i think some of the revival people are from the stage play as well even darren smith was that conductor guy wasn't he yeah he yes. was yeah he, mm-hmm. he's the mc it's a great part. Also, he didn't he didn't know I think he didn't know they were going to lip sync that scene, so there's a there's a thing on the soundtrack where you can actually hear him like choking at the end of the song cuz he's like he had I been was always wondering about the choking. I think I think he'd been like screaming for a couple of takes like just not knowing that they were going to lip sync the whole thing. I I can't like don't quote me like 110% on that, but I think I read that that's the case. And also I we should call out the choking Hendelman. bit. We should we should call out the fact that Sir Hendelman is directly in the libretto of the musical because we're going to talk about him more. The Hendelman account. Yeah, the Hendelman account. <laughs> I love you. Can we I love him. Say, okay, <laughs> love so 
sorry, just thinking about that scene, that's re-watching that moment. I, I find most people, you know, they'll have like their favorite moments of, of this movie will be a specifically named song that's on an official soundtrack. And yet my three favorite scenes are ones that are like, you know, the, you know, when he's taking the spine from that guy, his conversation with Shiloh or the duet between Roddy and Nathan, like just these, those little moments mm-hmm. are somehow and just like the ensemble, the ensemble is crazy fucking good i you know i consider myself a theater actor and so when i'm watching these people i'm like you guys are all amazing actors like there's not one weak link in the cast i think alexa yeah. vega gets a lot of flack for being the weak link in the cast i i disagree like i think she i think she's not as strong singer as the rest of the cast but i think it's just because you're putting her up against paul savino and sarah brightman and it's kind of right there. but like <laughs> she's a beautiful like, actor and they trusted her to do it and i know i i would sometimes her voice does bother me but then i just like let it go and it's so much so worth it because she's such an amazing actor yeah yeah i, I don't think anyone else really could have played shiloh like when i try to like run through my head and think of anyone else who could have done it i really I think she does an incredible job. Uh, she probably is embarrassed to admit that she was ever in that movie because now she's found Jesus and she's making Hallmark films. But like, you thank God, really? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Alexa oh Vega is, is really leaning hard into Christian mom. Like she's re- God bless her. She's she's doing great. Literally, but, uh, God bless her. She's she's <laughs> really. I love her. I think that she's fantastic. She really is. Um, she's I I I follow all of her social media accounts and she's not like preachy annoying religious but it's like a huge part of her life and she's been through a lot of really really serious shit and so she probably like wouldn't want to admit that she's been in the Terrence Adunich films but god love her she's my girl I I think she's doing a great job it's actually really funny my brother has autism loves Hallmark movies that's like his thing so there's an Alexa Vega film on at my house pretty much times whether it's me watching repo or it's him watching like some christmas thing with mark lucas it's there's always an alexa vega film playing at some point in my house i wanted to bring up a, a one more thing about the cult thing and then i want to like give it back to people so we try to like expand more to people who are not obsessed with it not in the cult yeah yeah um one thing i really love in terms of it being a cult is that there's really small characters that people fucking love like the handlebar mush the driver the handlebar mush stash driver um the the really bizarre um uh paparazzi guy um who else like there's oh the coffee guy is probably one of the most favorite like really small characters because we're so obsessed with it we like point them out we're like i love the coffee guy bodyguard who's like like early 2000s lady gaga with her giant powdered wig and her shotgun like that and a fucking (laughs) shotgun (laughs) or the old lady dj yeah the old lady dj DJ okay dj granny is like my aesthetic when i'm 90 (laughs) that's that's what i want out of life that's definitely what raya aspires to in her life yeah yeah that's that's really what i that's what i want out of life Uh, i just want i want i want the powdered wigs to come back and like you start wearing them they'll come back babe don't worry about it (laughs) i want to live in the world where it's blade runner and mad max and all all we're just riding around in war machines with powdered wigs and shotguns (laughs) yeah Yeah, no i agree we're already on our way there yeah we're at the edge of the apocalypse anyway 
anyway, we might as well make it look awesome. I do want to say that um, as someone with depression and anxiety and all of those wonderful, beautiful mental illnesses, part of my issue with this movie just as like an internalized thing is I, I would love to think that at my core, I'm one of those people that would recognize what this movie's trying to do with like the, the surgery, the surgery aspect of it. And like, don't like yourself. You can just have surgery and you'll be fine. And da, 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 da. I know who I am as a person and I know I would absolutely fall into that trap oh, and yeah. get elective surgery. But I also think it's a beautiful, it's still a capitalistic metaphor because it's like, that's the beauty, beauty industry in a nutshell. Oh, a hundred percent. Minus the Zydrate, we're, we're already there. Although one thing that really caught my attention was an ad for exotic skin grafts. And it was like, you can change your nationality. And I was like, Rachel Dolezal, there's a world for you there, (laughs) darling. (laughs) It's crazy relevant. Like this, there's so many. We were talking about Trump. We were talking about capitalism. We were talking about coronavirus. Virus. We were talking about student loans. This movie is so relevant, and it only gets like better with age. Can I just say, as a Canadian, your uh, the whole method of your medical bills being a problem. I just got to say, Rita would only exist in America and maybe Dubai. That's about probably. It. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, the Canadians wouldn't jump on that. They would have no. They have well, a for us, it would probably, Like you would have to pay out of pocket if you're just doing like cosmetic based surgery. If it's if it's surgery that's like for your life, now nah, we pay for shit in our taxes. We're good. <laughs> yeah, no, not not here in America. You have to pay for surgery that just like no matter what it is, whether no matter it's what, cosmetic even or if otherwise. you need it, you you need to literally need to pay for the ride to the hospital in the ambulance three thousand dollars yeah, yeah, call an uber let's call an uber to the exactly hospital. call a fucking uber because i'm not paying anywhere between a thousand to three thousand dollars to ride in an ambulance so yeah so- it's horrifying you guys are already living your horror film repo life we really are We're <laughs> exactly already it's yeah so not to bring it back to disability again, but to go back to please the do though please live. do it's fine yeah not to go like so right basically based on what you were saying like you know that you would totally fall into it oh my I joke about this all the time I'm like where the hell is my gene co can I get like a frame off restoration like for those of you obviously who don't know me on this podcast I have cerebral palsy and I'm a wheelchair user and a crutch user and like I think that's part of and the she's so I'm hot. Like, when is my ex-girlfriend there's an uncomfortable amount of sexual tension there's a lot of sexual sexual tension with women everybody with women everyone but especially with me anyway yeah i I think that that is part of the reason why and on this edition of left for dread after dark jesus guys (laughs) (laughs) like i think that's part of the reason why i gravitated so hard toward the movie like i didn't really realize it when i was young and like first getting into it i was mostly like into the music and you know, thought the grave robber was hot. And then, like, once I started watching it as a grown adult, like, we were joking around about the the movie, like, being about me, but it was like, wow, yeah, I'm a, like, a a disabled, chronically ill young woman who lives with her overprotective parents, who, like, my parents look at Nathan and go, that's perfectly acceptable. Like, they really are. Italian parents! Don't leave the house! They're like, that's 
plus work right there for sure. It's not just the Italians. The Jews do it too. Don't worry (laughs) about it. So like, I think that, yeah, like I I definitely agree with you, right? I definitely know that if like we lived in this world and I had the opportunity to like, oh yeah, you can totally have a new body, but default in however many months i'd be like yeah totally slap some new hips on this bitch and let's get started like i think for me personally that was just such a big part of of why i gravitated towards it in the first place was because it really like when you were talking about witcher before and like for those of you who haven't watched witcher there is a disabled character on that show who like spoilers then makes the magical choice not to be disabled and people are like calling out the ableism of that and a lot of my friends who watch the show like specifically knocked on my door on the internet and were like, was like what does Liv think does Liv think it's ableist and I kind of and here's the where you get like you get at representation versus like character beats like from a representation standpoint no that's not really great it would have been cool to have a, a disabled heroine and like have that be a major part of a major Netflix program for sure but like as a, a person who like given the opportunity if somebody was like yeah you get to have magical powers and you're not going to be disabled anymore and you don't get to have children that would be you know, i would take that deal in a minute I'd be the like, only oh, reason the only reason i would ever want you to get like gene co-surgery is just so you wouldn't have your pain but like you as a person already is like that's the only reason i want you to change because it, you're like amazing and beautiful and i love you it's gonna devolve into a love fest now i love you so much yeah Anyway, this really is a horror movie about, about like, the sick body and people being afraid of the sick body, and that's why I love it so much. And it was written by two, you know, cis, straight, white, able-bodied dudes who had no idea that they had done it, to the point where, like, I brought it up to Terrence at a con, and he was like, wait, I You're beautiful that. the way you no are. <laughs> I mean, a- let's, let's be perfectly honest. I would start, just, like, point blank. I would be that girl, um... That was like, my liver was wrecked, but now I can drink whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I would be the girl who like puts her boobs out. The, hi, I'm a Midwestern mom. Here's my titties. Totally would. Now yeah. I look smashing on live TV. That one. That so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mom. Testify. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would, uh, I would get, uh, yeah, I would be able to drink whatever the fuck I want. Uh, would- okay, pop quiz. If no. Gico is real and yeah. you can get any organs for xyz what would it be and why my stomach and my liver my eyes because i'm ridiculously myopic i was being fun yeah no give me a new stomach for sure because that's where uh give me a new stomach because that's where the anxiety is located but honestly my organs are fine like talking about the coronavirus my immune system is really like stalwart but no like technically like your calves don't count as your organs like i'd be like can we just do like a from the waist down just like start over because none of this is correctly like none i would just get big titties again I'm joking. Win. After <laughs> all that, you went to redeem, you get it, get the double D's again, and make sure, like, oh my god, I have breast reduction surgery. I want the world to know. <laughs> and now they do. <laughs> okay, what is everybody's favorite performance? Like of the of the cast, what is everybody's like favorite performance of the whole cast? Because we talk about how they're all incredible together. Is there any? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> Uh, <sighs> no question, Grave Robber, uh, Zydrate Anatomy. I, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember, oh like, so I, it's been like nine or ten years since I've seen this film, but 
I remember it was like 2009, so my sophomore year in college. I I don't quite remember actually how I found out about Repo. Um, it would, probably had to do with Saw because I'm one of the biggest Saw fans ever. Uh, so maybe some friend of mine recommended it to me, or there was also like a local, like a really cool hip um, video rental store um, down the road from the college, and they would recommend like the weirdest coolest indie stuff so maybe they recommended to me but i remember me just being kind of patient zero on my on my dorm room hall because i watched it (laughs) and then i just i just grabbed every single person i knew who was remotely weird and that's what i did chris yeah and then and so like especially with my my boy nick so we would watch this we would watch this over and over and we would just sing the songs everywhere and like zydrate zydrate anatomy was one of those songs that just captured me because like grave robert's just so hot so sexy that that deep baritone voice and that 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 whole ensemble but like like in terms of visuals and like like and all the choreography and it's just uh, like the song is so catchy you just can't you just can't help but sing along so yeah talking about musical um homages that song is based on the music man they've said it before in one of the backstage thing it's based on capital t that runs with p and stands for pool (laughs) oh my god things i did not know yeah i feel like if the movie had a be zydrid anatomy like if like if they were gonna like release the soundtrack in a traditional way and like release a single to the soundtrack it would definitely be anatomy because that was definitely my experience too chris was like once you heard that song it was over like that was like if you like just head over heels in love there was a point in college for me where like you remember how like you used to have like the set ringtone for every one of your friends when they first released i that still teacher. do <laughs> i had it too like there was a point it was like my where, ringtone for seven years yeah no there was a point where like every single one of my friends their ring for me was zydrid anatomy because that was like every i would just walk around to this day if you lose in a crowd all you ever have to do is go a little glass vial and like you'll be a able, little glass vial you'll be able to find me yeah i wonder how many times terrence has had to sing that oh my god not uh, a poor times, soul not, how many not times you said this in graves the low, no, the low note, the low note, the brown note in, uh, in first century court. No, that probably, I think Graves is probably at cons and stuff, but I've made him do the low note several times just because that's like, oh my God. Okay, let's be derailed. What the question was, who's okay, our favorite? So we were talking about characters. Um, I think in terms of performance, strangely enough, I would actually go for Nathan, even though he's not my favorite character, but I do think he emotes the best. I agree like, with Layla. I couldn't like, say it by myself. Yeah. So, like, for example, we were talking about this before the podcast started, where I, I'm not a huge fan of Thankless Job, but I have it's to needed. enjoy the moment right after, as soon as he finishes singing, where he kind of gets a look in his face of, did I really just fucking make a ventriloquist chorus? What the fuck is wrong with me? Have I lost yeah. my mind? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> it's so needed, though. That's like, that. the comic relief is super needed in that point, because I think the scene before they're like it's like talking about Marnie. I think it was all the panels. So it's like thankless job is super needed and so is Mark It Up. See I love Mark It Up. Uh, <laughs> see, I feel like Mark It Up is such a weird um tonal shift 
between um thankless job and legal assassin like i i don't know it i feel like like in some cut of the movie that was just one scene and like you can actually see the moment where they were like we don't know what this other which like they need the song because we need to be introduced to the largo children and we also desperately do need the comic relief but i i feel like you can actually see in the editing like okay we didn't know where to put this it was and literally like, right after the, the cut song Bravi. It was supposed to be a commercial, and then it leads to Mark It Up. Because <laughs> then Ronnie had just left stage. And yeah, you were like, talking, where the fuck is that? Better. That works better. See, I didn't know that. I never knew where Bravi was fit in the movie. I know it's, it's in the credits, you guys. Actually, the credits, for those of you there who is a not. YouTube scene. You can actually see it on YouTube, but I think there's a green screen behind them, but it yeah. shows them doing a bit of the dance. Okay, I have to Google that. When we get and they the still end. use pieces of it in the advertisements in the film, but... Okay, who 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 else? Rai, what do you think about the character? I mean, so, I think... I think, for me, Anthony Head is probably... And I'm not pandering to live in any way for this, but I, I do think that so that we could all talk about how great Anthony Head is. Right, he needs him think... and Alexa Vega lead it, and I think if you had to pick between them, he totally leads this film. He does, but here's the thing: so everyone who knows me like knows that I'm I'm complete trash for Terrence. I, I always, it's just it's never going to go away because oh, of this movie. No. And as much as I <laughs> love Grave Robber and love everything when i first watched this i i couldn't wait for the camera to get back to him yeah but, yes. <laughs> but i was telling gabe that when i was younger i used to take a picture of terrence out of makeup and show it to people in high school and be like this is my boyfriend my college friends who used to watch repo with me would whenever great Robert would start singing everyone would shut up because they know I would get really pissed if they were talking during that part so like everyone knows it's fine okay, but then, like how many of your straight guy friends did you watch go through gay panic as a direct result of Saturday Anatomy? I, I, love it, I love it so yet. much so so here's the thing the people that I was either with or like friends with that were men that watched this movie watched me go through that and were so insecure with themselves that they left the room and waited for the yep yep this definitely happened to me so, oh, like, all the so girls, they, were, they were just sitting there like oh my god like, they didn't care but all the men were like super insecure now chris if I'm i had 105 percent uh, so okay i love grave robber exactly. i wanted to have his babies it was like exactly. oh i love it i need more <laughs> I okay, even save the world. World. Right, right. <laughs> even today like, watching that movie my dad walked by me like oh he's really handsome and i'm like yeah dad is here. <laughs> <laughs> literally the man can turn anybody i've done you guys <laughs> like, yeah. it's but it's one of those things where it's like despite like watching it now i have to say that anthony head is probably the strongest one in that film and one of my favorites only because the choices he makes in that movie are so subtle but so brilliant and one of them was actually one that layla brought up Shh, it, you you watch him almost so like seamlessly go from repo man to nathan and i know that this was a conversation we started off the podcast was how much of this movie is nathan actually nathan or repo man 
And I think he's more repo man throughout this movie to try and like deal and cope with what he's doing, whether it's him being repo man or doing what he's doing to his daughter or what he thinks he did to his wife. But it's because of that and the acting that Anthony Head does that he's really like, he's the best part of this movie for he's, all of that. Like night surgeon. hot. Talk but, about daddy like, of a capital D. I mean, yes, but like, look at Night Surgeon. He goes from being Nathan Wallace to I'm not going to do this job to being full repo man to him walking out on Roddy going, no, you need to find somebody else. All in Liz, the span what of what, about five him? minutes? Yeah, it's it's like, okay, um, this is where the, the disability, um, my, my disability mental illness thesis kind of falls apart because like, obviously... Uh, the split personality thing in in fiction is never, uh, you know, dissociative identity disorder is never treated well in fiction. So I'm not going to speak to whether or not it's a good representation. It's probably not because it never is. But um, for the sake of this movie, yeah, I actually really believe and I know I, I think it's been confirmed by the creators of the film that he is actually two different people. Like like he definitely is um, like like leaving the identity of Nathan Wallace and, and the, the repo man is actually another person as opposed to like, how did they manage to fit so many classic horror tropes in this movie? Seriously. It's only an hour and 30 minutes. We'll ask Terrence next time we see him. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I definitely like, I subscribe to the theory that, that Nathan has his personality because of all the trauma of having to be the repo man and, and, you know, uh, murder all all these people has actually developed another personality to deal with that trauma. Um, And I actually, at one point, because I've, seen this movie a thousand times for a thousand different reasons um tried to like track in the film yeah like we were saying how much of nathan is act is actually like present in this movie like what is he actually present for i actually kind of lost track because i was trying to do it based on like you can sort of tell based on the vocal cues like obviously there's a really really distinct voice for the repo man that is not nathan wallace's voice um it does call into question like how much is Nathan conscious of what he is actually doing to Shiloh? I'm of the opinion that that's all Nathan. I'm of the opinion that like the murder and the murdering of innocent people is all the repo man, and the the actual like abuse of Shiloh is all Nathan. Just kind of. I like, like what you say about Anthony you. Stewart Head, like how he aged well. What is the what is the quote that you always say? You're like that's the that's how you age when you love your woman <laughs> and mind your business. The, of a man who has never had a scandal and loves his wife. If any of you ever really want like a really good dose of non-toxic masculinity, please go to Anthony Stewart Head's Twitter because it is really the most wholesome corner of the internet. It's just Hail Guile. It's like all his like like what movie made him cry this week? How much he loves his wife and daughters and all pictures of puppies. Like, I swear to God, <laughs> there's, there's no other content on that Twitter at all. Yeah, it's the, the acting's even better when you know, like, what a sweet, uh, genuine man he is. But also, yeah, like Rai was saying, I, you know, he has to play two different characters, but he also has to, like, in those two characters, kind of do everything. Like, he's funny, he's sad, he's sexy, he's 
scary. Like he really has to like pull everything off. Whereas every other actor is kind of playing a version of themselves, kind of like. Are they so just are we saying that Terrence is grave robber in real life, and I can yes. ask him for drugs? Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Ogre is Pavi though. I think like that that would just came out of nowhere, and I love it so much. This just false. This hot ass like metal guy, like this falsetto insane character. <laughs> I have to tell you, though, like, I th- I do think it's funny that you say that there's some version of themselves. And I know I just made a joke about asking Terrence for drugs. What I find so funny about that is that I... Why's <laughs> given Terrence drugs? <laughs> like... <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> no, we're going to cut that out, but I'm just no, doing it. I'm no, just doing it. Like, like, I've done that. So, we, 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 guys, am I grave robber? Hold on. <laughs> to my knowledge, I'm not 40 and I have not had sex with a 17 year old. Yeah, no, not, 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 we hope not. Yeah, I feel like the the more we get to know Terrence, though, the more he is actually grave robber. Like the older I get, the more I'm like, no, you actually like, really. And, and this has really? something to do with the fan fiction too, because the fan fiction positions grave robber one of two ways. He's either the big bad wolf. He's either like this at another absolutely insane man that that shiloh should really really stay away from or he's just a dork and i always it's the last one it's the last one i swear to god it's the last one and the the more you actually get to to meet terrence and you're like no you actually are just a dork like you're a dork who got lucky yeah like like you are really it's i really the older i get And you have beautiful hair. See, that's the reason why I don't think he's like Grave Robber in a strange way. Like, because I remember when I I first met him being all starstruck thing, because I saw him as both Grave Robber, just being this kind of rugged guy, but also like the the educated gentleman of Lucifer. And then I read Mm. his blog, and he's just, he's more like the dude. (laughs) He's the dude. There's a reason like Jeff Bridges the dude. (laughs) Yeah. He's both a nerd, like he's a geek, and he's the dude. It's a, just that. I think he more yeah. maybe he would want to be like Grave Robber because Grave Robber is just a more outgoing version of himself, perhaps. Uh, hello, come up and try my new parts. What the fuck yeah. is up? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Chris, I gotta tell you, so I feel really bad that you're watching this and then we're going to go over the Devil's Carnival and Alleluia and you're gonna see all of this. I have to get I have to get Chris here to come on to one of the tour stops with us so he can see Terrence in yes. person. Yes. Because- yes, bring me into the coven. Because, because we trust you. No, but it's, but it's not that though. Like, like, so Chris is very much like on the same level as us as someone who has like loved Repo for as long as it's been in existence and appreciates it and gets it and is also just like a huge nerd like the rest of us. But Chris, I have to tell you, as someone who started as a huge fan of Repo to then became a huge fan of the Devil's Carnival and is a fan of Darren Bowsman and is also a huge fan of American Murder Song, like seeing Terrence in person and watching him like be himself or like be that stage version of himself it is so it it just brings it to like a different level and it's so different watching the movie now that i've met him in person it's so like i need you to like be on this level together for drinks yay yeah exactly like i need you to be on this level he's a goofball and one of the best things about all of them is they they take care of their fans so much we're like that's why we're a cult is because like we believe in them yeah, yeah like, no, we one really of the coolest do. things I've been reading about, um, it's, it's popping up all, all the time, 
um, where shadow casts of Repo happen all the time, and then and like uh, they they show up, they show up, and they they meet the fans, and it's like that's oh, yeah. really cool. Yeah, they, they, they're 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 all about like uh, cultivating and nurturing the homegrown nature of their fandom, and they're they're just they just they give back to the community, um, and it's obviously like really apparent like within the way you talk about them and um and it's just so cool they're humble cool guys who don't mind dirty jokes they put up with their fangirls pretty well <laughs> they, 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 are, they're, they are the ones doing a lot of the dirty and dark jokes yeah a hundred percent and like us. they're fine with it so like i think what i want to do during their next tour stop chris we have to get you here you More can stand on my couch what is you it? Stay on, on my couch. You need to be here for their next tour stop and experience all of this with us because it's it's so and much. Then go fun. home and watch Repo because it's so much fun and it's, it's just so it's weird. So different. It's, it's so, so different. Weird. It's so weird. I mean, like, I think. And then hopefully you'll meet Layla in person because you've met Live and Win and Layla. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on going gonna... a road trip to all the tour stops. Actually, before we go any further, I should probably bring up to anybody listening. If they want to see Grave Robber this month, he is currently doing a fundraising tour for the next album. And I believe, okay, well, this is coming out on Friday. So there should be four more stops. Um, you guys can correct me if you remember which days they are. There's, there's Philadelphia at the end of the month. There's somewhere in Florida. There's Texas. They just did um, California. They just did California at, well, at this point, it was yesterday for us. Okay, I just brought it up. So, yeah, you're the best. What so, a great yeah, uh, So Dallas, right Texas on the 15th, Tampa, Florida, March 20th, Chicago, Illinois, March 27th, and in Philadelphia, I don't know your states. Is that Pennsylvania? PA? Yes. Okay, that's on March 29th. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Canadian. I don't understand your geography sometimes. So yeah, it's fine. If you I don't guys understand why you have better health care than us. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, so if you guys want to meet him one-on-one during one of their more intimate concerts. This is the month to do it. If not, wait till I, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a regular tour in the fall because that would make the most sense. Well, that's when they have the new album coming out. Yeah. I mean, well, that's coming out like June, July. We're all going to, we're all going to put pajamas on and listen to the new album. If you come to one of the, the ones for this tour, it's a pajama party tour. So I know. Have- I, I have a lot of FOMO about it. We can't, we can't. <laughs> I'm very right. we've already done all the other intimate anti-recital concerts so it's good I know and I'm I sure I, Chris I told you I've told you about all so like I, I think yeah so that's that's the plan it's gonna happen it's, it's, it's gonna be great it, it has to it I, I need to be present for that meeting too like I, I actually need to like be in the room I'll bring Chris Terrence. for VIP yeah. so he'll say hi to Terrence first <laughs> Okay, okay. My- a very important question. Are we yeah. going in cosplay? And, and and yes, we have to be in cosplay. I mean, they, they don't care if you dress up. I I tour stops, yes. Yeah, for the tour stops, like I already have an outfit planned. <laughs> because yeah, I'm not going to jammies and jam. But well, what I will also based on when the what timeline the album is based in? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say that, Chris, next Which time we're you're here, I'll show this to you. Oh, we should talk a little bit about American Murder Song while all the listeners, the yeah. listeners are like, what the hell? The, yeah, okay. So after Devil's Carnival, um, Sar Hendelman and Terrence Adunich made a bunch of concept albums 
about uh, Murder. famous American murders. So that's that's where we're at right now. Like this is the newest installment in that series that's coming out on when is it officially coming June, out? July? Layla, like I, June I or July? Like June or July? Yeah, some sometime okay. in the summer. So yeah, American Murder Song is available wherever you get your music, and you should definitely check it out because it's it's very different from Repo, but it's but it's very cool, and it's where you can actually like see him if you right. want to meet him. And and you and it's you sort of sings all the time, which is yeah. what matters. Exactly, exactly. And we'll talk more about him and Sarah Hendelman next week when we talk about uh, Devil's Carnival because because that's when Sarah ah! it's like full Sartez like partnership yeah that's when they became like yeah, a real partnership i would it tell you to buy of- sars album but we bought him out like last yeah, year yeah. <laughs> solo album doesn't exist anymore because the whole fandom just like it does exist on spotify it does digital you, copies. To it, you can totally get it on um, cd baby yeah oh is it still on cd baby cool i thought we had bought them out that's cool well, it's the digital copy yeah okay physical so like the physical copy yeah you you, you bought them out you did. Good it's job, guys. Awesome. That aside, because that was a huge t- That was a tangent. <laughs> That's okay. That was, like, it's fine. part of next week's episode. You'll just, like, composite that with whatever we say next week. That's See, Chris, this is why we need a Patreon, because we can put that on. Yeah, this would be this. this would, I think this you would need would a Patreon bonus behind the scenes content. This is beautiful. We could do like a whole nother one about Repo and TZ. So, but I have to, I have to leave in like ten minutes. Okay. Oh, well. Okay. Honestly, AMS, like an entire episode on AMS could just go on Patreon if we made one. That so. would be very cool. That would be very, very, very cool. I will accept PayPal and, like- and Zydrate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, here's a question, probably something for the group, because I, I can't um, add to this. So I was only just a movie fan. I only knew of the film. I didn't know about Shadowcast and stuff until they were already dead and gone in Toronto and stuff. Did anybody here ever go to one of those events or ever go to any of the live shows when they were touring? Yeah, no, it's too early for me. I was. I, I went to Devils. I went to Devils Carnival the second tour of yeah, the first same. movie. Um, it was awesome, and I also think we know people like Lily who um are in Shadowcasts on a regular basis. Yeah, but I yeah, think I've never actually first... seen a shadow cast of Repo before, ever. I haven't either. We, we have to do that. But yeah, actually, okay, I did, I, you guys did want me to make the point about the shadow cast and how I actually think that Repo is a better movie, right? Like, there was another yes, thing we Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we started talking about this off mic, too. So, okay, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier how I think that Repo is objectively a better movie than Rocky. Um, but also because Rocky has less of like a classic story structure. Like, please tell me the plot of that movie. Please, please I am begging you, someone email me and tell Somebody me. Somebody wanted plot. to get a phone. Android's fighting movie. Brad and yeah. Janet. It's so, it's in the beginning. Tell me the plot of, of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You can't. Android's so... fighting Brad and Janet. <laughs> wait, they're not androids, though. They're not androids, so it doesn't Yes, they are. Oh wait, they're aliens. You're right. Different, they're different aliens. Podcasts. They're transvestites from Transylvania. <laughs> different head, different podcast. So, like, one of the weird things for me about the Shadowcast because I've been to, I, I think I've been to like two or three. I've been to a couple. We actually have one on Long Island, which is one of the only things we have here. Um, but like, one of the weird things for me about um, about the Shadowcast is because I identify so strongly with Shiloh and because I have such an emotional connection to Nathan because Anthony Head is doing such a bang up job the end the last 20 minutes of that movie wrecked me Ugh. to a degree that like I was crying in my room morning 
doing the recording watching this movie like i like i it just it's always upsetting for me that death scene is just so beautiful and and so the shadow casts are run like rocky shadow casts it's just like people doing jokey callbacks and like for the rep most of that's fine but like for the last 20 minutes like i want to be in my feelings like i want to be in my feelings everyone shut up you know let's give nathan a send-off let's all cry over i didn't know i loved like i just Uh. you know i feel like the shadow cast format works really well up until like the last half hour and then it's like i don't want any i don't want anyone talk about classic opera classic tragedy the end is is so perfect and i definitely makes me cry Makes me cry that song time. i didn't know i love you so much was actually written by Dan- by darren smith for his son as a lullaby oh, oh my god yeah. i didn't that know that, that yeah so you want to add to like the heartbreak just there you go just <laughs> like rip my heart out of chest jesus oh yeah exactly jesus oh i didn't know that oh my god that's like voltaire's song he wrote for his son i think the one's called it's not as emotional but it's very nice it's called like demon slayer or something Good night, yeah, it's day. yeah. I feel oh like God. I feel like when you watch Repo when you're younger, you, you love the the kitschiness and the humor and the gore because some people think that they're edgy. I'm not saying that's anybody here, but some people I watched it with thought they were really edgy. <laughs> but when you watch it now. And you're at a different point in your life. It takes on a whole new meaning. It shows you different things, whether it's about the film or the people that are in it or about yourself. And I think that that is a mark of a truly great movie. And it absolutely earns the title of being a cult classic because so dynamic. Exactly. It's how dynamic it is. And if uh, if you can watch a movie, however many times, still find something different about it every time you watch it. That's 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 what you want. That's what you need in a good movie. And I, sure. I, I hope that if you haven't seen Repo or if you saw it once and you thought it was really bad, I encourage you just watch it again. It really like, especially now, just like go watch it again. Do yourself a fucking favor. Watch Repo the Genetic Opera, whether it's the first time, the 12th time, the 20th time, the 1,000th time, the 10,000th time. We don't give a fuck. Go watch it. (laughs) Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Before we cut, just we'll go around the room and then I'll do the outro and we'll spit out too. Um, So if y'all were to rate this movie from as much of a non-biased perspective as possible, (laughs) what would you rate it? Needles. <laughs> <laughs> that was win, so there we go. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Which okay, Layla or me who wants to moments go? Moments I love. There's a few moments that make me cringe, but there's also one or two moments that make me want to cry. I I don't know how to properly rate this film. It's too dynamic. Mm-hmm. Ah, there you go. Okay. Uh, as Pavi would say, ten out of a nine gen turns. That's what I would do. <laughs> I love Pavi. I'm gonna say, okay, uh, this, this is my this is my hot take. In 2009, when I, when I, the last time I watched it, I love Pavi out of all the kids because I just had this morbid fascination with wearing too. faces. But now, now I, I I after this recent rewatch, I would give all my respect to Paris Hilton because she knows how to run yeah. shit. 
So yeah. Yeah. preach. Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and give and say like nine point five regions because there are some things about it where I where most of them are just like they didn't have any money. You know, there there yeah. are there are a couple of like production things where I'm like, oh okay. And also because like I get why people don't like this movie. Like I get when when people are like, what the fuck is this? And like don't come back around. <laughs> I definitely understand why you wouldn't like the movie. I just like don't need that negativity in my life. Like you know what I mean. Like yeah. now, that, now that I'm a huge Buffy fan, there's always a moment on one of the Buffy Facebook groups where someone sees Repo for the first time, and I have to like hold my shit together while I remember there are people who don't like this. Movie. There there are people who are objectively like that's the worst thing I've ever seen, and like I get it, but also I don't. So I'm gonna take off half a point just for like trying to respect those people who like really don't like it because they are entitled to their opinion i guess whatever and i'm gonna give it 10 out of 9 zydrate guns or 10 out of 9 grave robbers rather because let's just be real i'm trash okay (laughs) it was not more than nine Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) on that note uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, uh, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. And uh, we want to give a special thanks again to all of our guests today. So this was awesome. And uh, we will follow up in two more episodes. Um, So stay tuned. It's going to be amazing. Uh, So next week, we're going to be reviewing uh, The Devil's Carnival. So uh, rent that, buy it, however you get it, watch it, and then get ready for another amazing panel of guests. And uh, we'll go from there. So don't forget to pay your organ financing. Keep robbing those graves. <laughs> and don't forget, stay dreadful. Stay dreadful.